Hello, everyone, and welcome out to The Good, The Bad, and The Geeky, a podcast where I sit down with some of my friends in the local Columbus, Ohio theater and improv scene and talk a bunch of geeky stuff. Some of it good, some of it bad, but all of it definitely geeky. If you enjoy our program, be sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Our official sponsor of the show is Audible. With over 200,000 titles to choose from, you get 30 days of membership for free with one audiobook and two Audible originals each month included with your trial. Ad-free premium audio you listen to offline, no interruptions, and you own your library, so you keep the books even if you have to cancel. You also get 30% off an exclusive member-only savings, and it's only $14.95 per month after the trial. And if you have easy exchanges, don't love a book, swap it out for free anytime. They have some really great books available right now, such as Where the Crawdad Sings by Delia Owens, or Owens, I should say, not Owens, Owens, and then uh, Becoming by Michelle Obama. Interested? It's just this easy. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash good bad geeky choose your first book free download the audible app and start enjoying your new audiobook also it's time to bring the spooky join marianne and friends in marianne's macabre review a podcast released every other tuesday talking all things horror they cover film television books web series and even board games if it's horror related marianne is in on it a new topic every episode you can subscribe on itunes or wherever you listen to podcasts Check out Marianne's Macabre Review and all of the programs at IBDPresents.com. All right. In this episode, guys, it's more unique than a normal episode that we do here in that I'm talking to one of the many talented writers of Mad Lab's Young Writers 2019 program. Founded in 2011, Mad Lab's Young Writers Short Play Festival is designed to give local high school playwrights a professional theatrical experience. Students submit 10-minute plays, and the best are chosen to be developed and produced. Each student is given the opportunity to attend specialized workshops, collaborate with local and national mentor playwrights during the six months they are in the program, and at the end of the program, the plays are performed at MATLAB as full-scale short plays. Last time we spoke to To Be Human author Kara Federick. This go-around, the young writer we are speaking to is Liam Browning, author of The Motel Room. While Kara's short, when you do see it, and you are seeing it, aren't you, is a bit more comical with a nice little edge to it, Liam's definitely is a drama with some some humorous moments peppered in, and we're going to talk about that. I hope you will check out the shows. There are two nights each with different sets of programming. The performances are Fridays and Saturdays between July 12th to July 27th, 2019, with two Sunday matinees at 3 p.m. For more information on tickets and the show itself, please visit MadLab on the web at madlab.net. And I hope you enjoy my chat with Liam Browning, one of the 2019 young writers. I know I did. Will, roll him. everyone today with me on the show i'm super excited uh i have uh, liam with us and we're going to talk about young writers 2019 also in the background you may hear his mentor aka woos aka steven woosley 
<laughs> and uh, so if you hear him pipe up or laughing in the background or whatever, or just going, dear God, please don't say that, that's, that's definitely him. Um, but we're going to talk about Liam and uh, the work that you've done on Young Writers yeah. 2019. And uh, so first off, how did you hear about Young Writers? I guess that's the first thing. Okay, my director, Carl, he um, he's from Brad. He directs at Bradley. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not really that close with him, but <laughs> I, I know him pretty well. And he was talking about it, and he posted it on Facebook that um, I should do it and told me a lot about it. So I just put in the short play, not really thinking it would get in or anything, mm-hmm. and it got accepted, and I was really surprised. And <laughs> all right, yeah. Well, so, because I okay, I'm gonna mess up the name, but I know what it is. Because so during the first reading, I actually was one of the characters in it, so that's how I definitely know about this one. But what is what is your short called, and what is it about? The Motel Room. It's about a mother and her two kids, and they go into a dingy hotel room. And that's, you just find out from there. <laughs> Look at you, already did a good job sonnet. All right, so uh, I, I, I would be remiss to say that it's, it goes down a weirdly, possibly dark path. Yeah. Possibly not, but there's some really deep stuff going on in there, even though it's just those three. I just got to ask, like, where did that come from? <laughs> because right. it, it's, it is very good. But, like, if you had to tell me a high schooler wrote that, I would not say that at all. Which, that, I mean, that's a compliment to how good it is. Yeah. But, like, would not, would not call that at all. So how did you come well, up with that? I actually watched a, a short film that I really liked. It was called Drink. It's about okay. a woman and her two kids. It's, the message is very different, but I did get the idea off of it it's mm-hmm. about it like it's a horror a short film mine is not a horror but no no it it was it was really good i based off like the aesthetic and the characters off that and some of the dialogue yes but like i watched that like two years ago and i kind of just based it off that and then i realized oh wait I got that from that, so no, yeah. It, but it drilled it drilled somewhere into your psyche that you always were. Now, so have you been writing it that whole time, or no? You just it was always there, kind of like hey, hey, yeah. and then you're just like I got to get it out, and this is how I get it out. Yeah, I wrote it probably probably like a year later after I watched it, and it was also based off a lot of stuff that has been going on. I'm very like into mis like mysteries, like stuff that goes on in the media, like. Like yeah. disappearances and like all that kind of stuff. I don't know. I'm kind of that kind of junkie. We're, we're we're dancing around it, but there is an actual mystery of the short to an extent. Yeah, and, and we're not. I'm not again. We're not going to spoil it too heavily, but it's it is an interesting. Yeah, there is kind of like a, a, a subtle mystery underneath all of that of what's going on with the mom and the two kids. So yeah. So what? Uh, so obviously you like mystery stuff. Do you? Are you purely like a horror slash documentary guy? Or are you are you like into like like what what where where things inspire you like what do you watch what do you listen to that kind of thing? Well, I like to listen to podcasts about okay. like true crime. True crime. I'm a very I like to watch true crime stuff. Jeffrey Dahmer, like those kinds of people. But yeah, like I'm I'm kind of <laughs> like, but like okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's really is okay. Like you know, the artistic director of Mad Lab, uh, Laura, she loves true crime. Oh, I, and I, and I I mean 
I'm fascinated by it, but I'm also like wore down by how depressing life can be. And so yeah. I'm just like, I'm tapped out, man. I don't get, but no, that's awesome. Yeah. I like to put that into art and like not a lot of people write about that kind of stuff. And a lot of that stuff happens and nobody really talks about it. Like it goes on in the news for yeah. maybe like a, a few seconds and then it, nobody talks about it again. And a lot of the short plays at our school were mostly about love or, you know, like something goofy. And I thought I would write something that was different, that was based off stuff that goes on almost every day. See, what I'm hearing is all your friends don't want to talk about real stuff. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. Both are okay. But I, but yeah, so that's, yeah, I, it, so when I went to broadcast school, um, for radio and TV, I just remember they're like, always show people the bad stuff. Yeah. And if it's really bad, only show it for a second unless it's national news. And that just, that broke my heart because stuff like, stuff like, you know, what you're talking about, it, it only gets touched on for a second and then no one keeps the conversation really going about it yeah. until you, it's a Netflix special or it's a podcast where they talk about this horrible thing that's happened on it. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, yeah, because I just remember if they, their, their other big thing was if you ever get really lucky, you can do a squirrel piece, at, which ends the show. And I'm like, why is that? Because it's the only happy thing you'll provide people. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's news. And, and they would always do quotation marks. Very. Yeah, that's really sad. sad. It is really sad, <laughs> yeah. right? So, okay. So, in terms of writing like long term, what other, like, what other stuff do you want to write? I've been actually writing a new uh, short play. It's about two brothers, and it's about a boy with autism, and the other brother wants to like be like be more closer with him. Mm-hmm. So he decides to take him out of like the facility he was living in and just hang out with him for a day. Oh, wow. So very different from what I ri- wrote before. But I actually have I my twin brother has autism. Mm-hmm. He um, he. He has a lot of problems. He can't. He's like he has the ma- mind of like a six year old. Okay. So I kind of I'm kind of basing it off that about what my twin brother is like and what I don't know. I just wanted to show that like that like autistic people are people too, and mm-hmm. that they're not just handicapped. They're people. They have minds. They, you know, they're very yeah. creative and great people. And I just wanted to write about that. So I have a friend who is a teacher, and he works with uh, with special needs. And uh, I mean, he he's really good with them. And I kind of suspect he might be. And I'm not going to lie, but I think he might be high functioning uh, uh, with Aspergers. But but no, I mean, he lives for those kids, and he he always that's his selling point. Like, because so Sally, when when Wooz and I grew up, the R word was very much in the lexicon. Like, oh, it's like quit being stupid. But that Sally got tagged into that. And I just remember up until like even mid-2000s. But he, for the longest time even before that, was like, don't say that word in front of me. Like, even if you say it to him now, he will just, just don't. He doesn't find it, it, it amusing at all. And which is amazing because, yeah, he, he loves those kids. Yeah. Because, yeah, because they, they are, they are people. And they are, you know, they're just like everybody else. They Maybe they're not developing in the same exact speed that everyone else is. But that's very... Um, so has that been challenging as, as, you know, as your, as the brother to try to be protective, but also cause brothers also fight 
a lot. Yeah. And that can be very, like, what's, is that challenging in its own way, too? Well, I have a big brother. He's, like, he doesn't really understand, like, he's not that close with him as much as I am to Joe, my mm-hmm. twin brother. But I don't know. I want to take that as a career and be a special ed teacher when nice. I grow up or do something like that with kids with disabilities. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I do fight with my, with Joe, and it breaks my heart sometimes when I do because sometimes it can get annoying, or do, or like do something that makes me mad, and I just go off. And it's I'm not proud of it, but isn't it weird that when you when you get frustrated with someone, you you might snap, and you, then you realize what you did, and then you go, oh, I'm sorry, I'm frustrated about like this completely different thing, and you just started to annoy me at the same time. Uh, not annoy, but you know what I mean. Like, you started to get on... You, you hit something that's on me, not on you. Yeah. Um, and that still carries on to when you're adults, you know, uh, whether it be with your, your parents or your, your wife. I know that sometimes I, I do that uh, sometimes where I, I'm completely focused on something else mentally and then, you know, and and, she, and she's just asking a very innocent question. Or, like, like today, she was getting ready and I was watching a movie. It's a movie. I've seen it before. I will watch it again. It will be there. I can hit pause. And she just was very nice. as like, I'm going to blow dry my hair now because I have to leave. And I just, and I wasn't mad, but I got, fr- I got just like, ugh. And she's just like, seriously? Seriously? I was trying to be nice and you're just giving me all that. And I'm just like, first off, I'm not that mad with it, but... Yeah. But but yeah, so so it carries on to even when you're an adult. But in after I did thought I was like, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. That was that was just very stupid of me, and it was so and it's a stupid thing to get upset by. And so yeah, that happens. Yeah. Um, so that's awesome. You're going you're gonna uh, you're gonna turn that into now. Have you thought about making it like a, a full length instead of just a short? I'm thinking about it. I don't. Um, we have short play festivals at our school, mm-hmm. and I did uh, have the motel room perform in there, which I loved. My cast, I loved directing them. It was great. I loved it. Like, I would do it again if I could. All right. So, and I could be wrong, but did you say that one? It did. It did go well, or did not go well, or was that another short you wrote? It, there was another performance of it, and the was... first performance was in my theater class. And there wasn't enough actors. Like the the little kid was played by a fifteen year old boy who had an extremely deep voice, and the other kid just did not want to be in it. <laughs> oh uh, well, yeah. That, that, no offense to that dude. He's a jerk. Yeah. I mean, look, the guy with the fit, with the deep voice. He can't help it. He, yeah. He's he's already you know he's going through some other stuff. He yeah. he has that. Yeah, that's the last least of his problem. But the other kid, yeah, he's a jerk. I'm sorry. Yeah. That, that really like. Anyway, continue. But it wasn't like it was. It was the first performance. It was my first time writing anything, and it was mm-hmm. a very very first draft. And. Like, I liked writing it. It was great. But then, like, I did rewrites. I made it a lot better. And then I put it into the Bradley Short Play Festival. And it did great. My cast loved being in it. I remember the the little kid was played by a senior, and her name is Emily Ewan. Mm -hmm. She she did amazing. I love her. She's leaving. (laughs) But... Seniors do that. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, what what grade are you in, by the way, to be clear? I'm a sophomore. You're a sophomore? Wow, doing that G-mini crime Yeah, I wrote it in freshman year. (laughs) Oh, my God. A, I'm doing old, and B, it's just like, wow, again, 
Guys, this is why you have to go to Young Writers to see it because what do you know what night it's on? It's on Saturdays. It's on Saturdays. I'm okay. also performing. On Saturdays or Fridays? Yeah, I'm also performing. I'm in The Twins. Okay. I play a little twin um, brother who is really annoying and is in a grocery store with a lady. That's all I'll say. Yeah, they, and there's, so, so here's the great thing. There's like a lot of these stories. That has a twist too. Yeah. Really good one. And so I, you guys need to check it out. But like, but especially yours, it's very deep stuff that a freshman would be talking about, you know? Yeah. So it's just absolutely fascinating. Yeah, I, so well, con- first of all, again, I got to say this again, congratulations on it because you. that's awesome. And also congrats on getting cast in, in Young Writers. Yeah, I was really surprised. <laughs> well, I feel like, and I could be wrong and Tay corrected me the other day, but like, I know we never <laughs> discouraged, but I feel like this year was the first time we actually did a push for... I feel like in more than – oh, yeah, please, please, please. Uh, yeah, I mean we've always – what we don't want them to do is miss their show. Yeah. So if, we'll catch you, but we want them to be able to watch their show and, and stuff. Um, we love it if we can get them in because we do better now than we used to, but we used to – I used to end up having to play a teenager. That's how – that's how scarce we were on teenagers. But so, but you're, but you're good at it, man. Well, yeah. Well, you're I'm good, good at being. So <laughs> yeah. uh, but um, you know, we've done better over the years, and and so obviously, you know, yeah. these folks are talented beyond just being playwrights. Oh yeah. Um, and it's so it's great to have this, this these young folks play young folks. So yeah, it's nice. So. Well, I just remember like because I helped it, actually I helped Woo's direct last year oh. offensive penalty. Yeah. Was that last two years? Two years. Oh geez. Yeah. Ten years ago, and I just I just remember like there like I said all ages are welcome, but mm-hmm. like I didn't I didn't feel like there was a huge push for it, and I felt like this year there there for some reason there was yeah. However, we're getting that call out. We're right. we're getting it to people because we good. had we yeah yes. we had a great turnout of actors in general, but also the young cool. folks and one of my friends Elena. She, I, I really pushed her to audition because I, I kind of knew that not a lot of kids would be auditioning. Mm-hmm. So I pushed her to, and if she's listening, hi. Um, yeah, she is in Play It Cool, Jude's. Um, okay. I, um, I think she was in the podcast. And yeah, she's so hyped for it. I'm so excited for her. And yeah. Hi, Elena. <laughs> Okay, so like, so outside of true crime or anything, is there any music that you listen to when you write that you really get into when you're when you're doing that kind of thing? I listen to indie music. Um, there is this song that I put in by Ricky Nelson, "Lonesome Town." It's like okay, Ricky Nelson, as in like Ozzy and Harriet, Ricky Nelson. Fifties. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, first off, interesting choice to know. Like that's continue. I'm so sorry. I'm just. Well, the song is really sad. It's uh, (laughs) writes a few sad songs, actually. Yeah, um, it's about you know you're very lonely and that I I don't know how to explain it. It just got me. Like it just reminded me of my play, and there wasn't a lot of songs I could really put in Mm -hmm. that made me really feel like this was a good song. So there was Lonesome Town, Mm -hmm. and then now this might sound weird, but I put in a Post Malone song. Feeling Whitney, it's I've about a guy, it's like him struggling with drugs and how, it, like, it just is struggles with it. And it's not mm-hmm. like a rap, it's actually him playing on his guitar. Oh, wow. So it's very different from a lot of his other songs. But Lonesome Town, it's kind of old-timey, mm-hmm. and it's just about how lonely you are and the problems with that. And I, I don't know, you just have to listen to it, because it was good. <laughs> So, 
I, this is a story my mother told me growing up. Cause, so when I had Disney Channel growing up, right when it started, so yeah. back in the day, um, but they would show old shows, and one of them was The uh, Adventures of Ozzy and Harriet, and he had, like, or they had, like, what, three sons? Dave, Ricky, and Bobby? That sounds right. That sounds right. Uh, but Ricky, and the thing was is that they, Ricky was a good singer, and technically, I think Ozzy and Harriet were radio show stars that moved on to TV, and one of the big things were just like, well, our whole family's talented, because back in vaudeville, you got the whole family involved. Like, the March Brothers, it was literally... All of them were involved. I think, I think there was a, oh, and the sister who ended up marrying Jack Benny. Super old data dump of, that you don't need to know. I'm sorry. But Ricky was a great singer and a songwriter. And so they used the show as a platform for his rock and roll career. And you might have heard those at Traveling Man. Um, a little da, 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 Over the seas. Yeah. And that's really kind of a sad song when you think about it. But, um, sorry, the story that my mom told me though years later, cause I would just, I would watch them on reruns when nothing else was on. There was a story where she's like, nobody likes Ricky Nelson anymore. So then he wrote a hit song about it, which was Garden Party, where he went to the Madison Square Garden, and everyone wanted him to sing all his old hits, like Lonesome Town, uh, Traveling Man, and I think he has like three other songs. And, and he's like, no, 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 I want to do my new stuff too. And they booed him off the stage. And so he wrote a song called Garden Party. And it's like, I went to a garden party. I was with my old friends. And then it pretty much talks about how, yeah, it's a great song, too. And sadly, he left us too soon. In the classic rock and roll way, though, which is he went down in an airplane. Uh, oh. Was, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really a bummer. And it was like, was it like right before like the early 80s? It was like, right, yeah, like 79? Yeah. yeah, it was it was sad. So that was one of those things. And I, if you look at a picture of him from back then and look at him, that he almost doesn't look like the same dude. <laughs> like he has like the long 70s, like who was the lead singer of the Eagles? Jerry? Glenn Fry. Glenn Fry. Yeah. If you ever see a picture of Glenn Fry from the Eagles, he has his hair. Down. Like that's what Ricky Nelson looks like. And you're like, not the same dude. Like, whoa. Yeah. Uh, but uh, oh, that's awesome. So what, what other songs do you listen to? So there's Lonesome Town. I um, mean, there's the Post Malone song. And what was it called? Chasing Whitney? Uh, uh, feeling Whitney. Feeling Whitney. Okay. And then there's one more. It's We Grew Up at Midnight by the Maccabees. Okay. It's um, I've heard of them, but I've not heard of them. <laughs> no, I, it's like one of those. I've heard that name before. Yeah, it's about them growing up and finding themselves. And it doesn't really have to do with the motel room, but I kind of thought like the two like siblings mm-hmm. that would be them growing up and finding themselves and you know, finally realizing what's going on yeah. and them growing up. <laughs> so, uh, so like, yeah, cause when I, when I, when I write stuff, sometimes I will just have a soundtrack on, on loop of just multiple things or I, I just have it on shuffle and yeah. whatever comes up. But every once in a while I'll hear a song that will really pop in there and, and that's all. So now is that, was that just for these three or do you have other songs you listen to just in general, in general when you write? Uh, yeah, I, I make playlists. Now, for the play I'm writing, mm-hmm. it's called The World We Live In. Okay. And uh, there's one song that I put in that is very old, Big Rock Candy Mountain. It's a little... Woos is shaking his, like, do you know that one? No, I, I, was, I was like, okay. I thought I was like, wow, I don't know that one. It's actually a nursery rhyme. So, yeah. Okay. Well, it's about, the, it's about a ho- hobo, and he's talking about this world about... With, like, candy and, like, everything's great. And 
I, I just really like that song, and it's like the song that I want one of the kids to sing. I want mm-hmm. I want uh, the boy to sing, and it's about how he wants his life to be like that. Awesome. And I, I thought that would be a great. So so is that the next short you're writing? Yes. And so that's the one with the brothers. Uh no. No, it's another one. Sorry. Well, it's about two brothers. But not not the motel room. It's they are totally different. No, yeah, sorry, that's what I meant. The one that you were writing about with you and your brother yeah. in real life. Yeah. They are based after that. So that so that will have that song in it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay, first, yeah. <laughs> How did you find Ricky Nelson? I'm fascinated by that too. Well, okay, it's a long story. We have time. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, I was watching this show and it's called um, The End of the Effing World. Okay. And they have a song. It, it is, I think it's like two Ricky Nelson songs. And Lonesome Town was in it. And I really liked it. I thought, oh, well, I like this. And there's a lot of 50 songs in there. Have you heard of that show? No, I haven't. It's about a. <laughs> is it a YouTube ch- channel? Is it on FXX or. Oh, it's on Netflix. Netflix, okay. It's, it's about a kid. Who wants to be a serial killer, but like he's not, and like he's trying to lure lure this girl. Yeah, it's it's, but it's actually a comedy. Like it's a really good comedy. Wait, okay, wait, is isn't is it a movie or a TV show? TV show. It is a TV show because I'm starting to. Isn't yeah. there like one minor celebrity? Because the kids are mostly unknown, right? But there isn't like one of the parents like a minor celebrity or something like that. I think. So. I feel like I'm starting to remember like yeah, at one point one of them falls out of a car or something. Or they're looking at someone and it doesn't matter. But so, they, they I, fall I'm in love. But yeah, it, it has no, it has nothing to do with my show. But there was one song that I really liked, mm-hmm. and that was the Ricky Nelson song. I just remember for the longest time, like my favorite show in the world was Chuck with Zachary Levi before he became Shazam. He did a show called Chuck, and why why I liked it was the soundtrack was so eclectic. And the guy who Josh Schwartz who produced the show, he used to be like a record executive. He oh. just got fed up with the music industry. But so he took all his knowledge of new bands that are music that was like deep cuts and he would throw it onto the show. And some of it you would hear before, like Bon Iver, you know, but oh, some I love of the, that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he threw like anytime like Chuck had a scene where he's alone with the girl that he likes, who's one of his handlers, because apparently he gets like supercomputer loaded up into his brain and they don't have any backup copies. So the government is protecting him like mad. And there's a CIA and an NSI guy. And the CIA agent is, is, is the girl, Sarah, and he's just madly in love with her. And anytime there's a kind of like a will they, won't they scene, they always play Bon Iver. <laughs> and it's, and, and, but, but that's what I'm saying. Like, but I didn't know who he was before then. And there's like other weird tracks of like, you know, Andrew Bird. Knew I, I didn't know who he was. Didn't know like he could whistle really well or any. I didn't know any of that stuff. They were just weird tracks they'd throw in there, and I would just eat it up. Um, I don't really feel like there's a show too much nowadays where it's consistently giving me new music to feed off of. So I miss that. But that's actually why I like TV though. Sometimes because sometimes you'll hear a song and you're like, "That is such a great song." Not only does it fit well, but like I want to listen to it away from the, the show and disassociate it from the show. Yeah. Um, so was it a cover of Ricky Nelson or was it the actual Ricky Nelson song? It was the actual Ricky Nelson song. Man, it's actually going to be playing. For them. It's going to be playing for like you know how we have like music that plays before a show. Yeah, the pre-show music. Yeah, the pre. That's going to be the pre-show music. Yeah, I put Rock that in, and it was the pre-show music for the short play festival at Bradley. But yeah, pe- people loved it. People like my cast 
they were very heavily involved. They actually wanted me to rewrite the script and make it a totally different thing because they loved it that much. Like, we should write more stuff to it. Like, we should do all this stuff to it. And actually, two, no, I think three days before the show, I had some rewrites for Mad Lab. And the dad, the character, the dad, he was just like, hey, I saw that you put in uh, a new, like, mini monologue for the show. Can I? Like, I can memorize that. Can I have it? And I was just like, sure, you can use it. (laughs) And, yeah, and it was just, like, that kind of stuff. Like, people just, they wanted more. They wanted, like, they just loved being in the show. It was just great. So you got to direct them doing that, too. Yeah, I had an assistant director. Her name's Jackie Jones. She's lovely. I love her. And she, I like, my cast, I just, I just love directing them. Because I wanted to be a, a part as much as possible, and the overall process was great. You saw, like, mm-hmm. you yeah. saw the show. Yeah, yeah. How was that? It was cool. Um, yeah, I thought in you know some of those notes we talked about, and I that, it was cool to get to see it, some of the notes we'd already talked about. I knew you'd done the rewrites, so it was it was uh, cool to see the show evolve because obviously we'd, we'd already done the two readings. Uh, I think we'd already done both readings, I think. Or maybe... Yeah, I think we We were did. about to do the second. I can't remember. But, but either way, it was cool to see it up on its feet. And it it made me more confident than ever that, yeah, this is going to be an awesome show when we do it. So I, so I guess that's an interesting thing, too. Because so look, when we did Offensive Penalty, the writer... And sometimes it goes like this. Sometimes mm-hmm. the writers are heavily involved with the short. Sometimes yeah. they're not. How heavily involved are you with this? So you were talking about the one that they're gearing up for, Four Young Writers. Right. Well, I no, I saw I saw their oh, you, I saw their performance oh. at, at Hilliard. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, Colleen okay. and I went out. And, yeah. Okay. Out. Cool. Yeah. So yeah. so because that was going to lead me into how involved are you with the young writers portion? Because sometimes like we might let you help, but not with my. Right. But it's like it's dependent on you. Like if you want to help with casting or just be there to see how it works. Yeah. Or, you know, we always encourage the the directors. Hey, invite the playwright so they can be part of the process. And some are like they want to be right there. Some. Almost acted as, as an assistant director. Mm-hmm. But I know, I know. One year, the guy came to almost every rehearsal, and he was rewriting on the fly, which was a lot of fun. And that was a comedy show, Anarchy. And so we, he and I, could just go back and forth, like, "Hey, I got an idea for this." He's like, "Yeah, let's put it in." And or and he would come, like, "Hey, I want to add some stuff in." And you know, it's it's. I think it's a little easier with the comedy, and you're bitting it up. But I think you know, to that end, and I may be speaking out of turn for our, for our group, but. I think it could be a constantly evolving process. And that's what was cool in seeing, in seeing Liam's show after he'd already done rewrites, after seeing the first reading, which was cool that we did. Yeah. And then seeing like, okay, because I hadn't, I actually hadn't seen his rewrites, but as I watched, I'm like, oh, that's new. That's different. And I'm, that the show's already better, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for it. So, um, but, to, but to double back around, yeah, some playwrights, they'll, they're just like, I just want to be there and see it. Yeah. You know, whether they're busy or they're just like, I don't want to get in the way. You know, offensive penalty, I think Emily came to one. She was just like, this is awesome. I'll see you at the show. <laughs> yeah. She yeah. was, yeah. Because so. originally during, during audition, she's like, I want to be heavily involved. Yeah. And then, and then I, yeah, she came to the first rehearsal after that. She's like, yeah, I'm, I'll see She did help yeah. us with casting. She, she did. Yeah, she, she did. She cast one She cast one <laughs> of our people, and it turned out fantastic. <laughs> it did, William yes. was an excellent choice. Yes, he was. Uh, so, yeah. And so it's just it's a, it's a time thing and just how much they want to be involved. And we don't. We don't want to really. We're not going to pressure them. It's but we oh, want. Yeah. We definitely want the directors to make it available, so it's the they can see more of that process. Yeah, for them, one hundred percent. You know, sometimes the worst thing is to be directed by the playwright. But you know, if the playwrights, you know, I've directed a lot of my shows, and I'm always, I am not one of those 
people who think every and everyone will agree not every word I write is gold so <laughs> I'm completely fine with changing it um, I, I, but at the same time um, you know we Mad Lab in general we tend to go with hey whatever the playwright's written that's that's gold if you want to change it cool but you need to contact them and get their okay right there might be another reason or they just might be nope you're not touching it and it, you know and we deal with new work so that there is some flexibility and that is part of the cool part is being able to reach out to the playwright because they're not Shakespeare they're not dead although Shakespeare you can do whatever you want I guess to these days yeah. but uh, so yeah so that process can be ongoing and, and and I think we've had pretty good experience with most playwrights whether it's roulette or young writers or whatever mm-hmm. in reaching out and, and sometimes they're like no I don't I don't want that change. And the one thing we don't want is a play is, is a director changing something that they haven't talked to the playwright about. Cause yeah. at the end of the day, especially as a new works theater, we're nothing without these playwrights. They're the, they're the lifeblood. Yeah, they're, they're exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's the word I was looking for. Nope. Um, yeah, so, um, and we want to treat them with, with great respect and their work. So I just remember the same one. Cause I helped you direct. This is the only reason why I keep bringing yeah. it up. Uh, offensive penalty. Like you are at, you probably know this. He is an Eagles fan. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe not. But no, he is a hardcore Eagles fan. And so the, it was a fence of penalty. So it, it's a date at a sports thing. Took place at a football game. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, then she, I thought she initially said it, she was thinking hockey, even though she doesn't specify. Oh, maybe she was. Maybe. You're, you're oh, you're like, probably and, right. You, you did email her. Yeah. just like, hey, can, can we make it football? And she was like, yeah, sure, whatever. So we made it to the Eagles and the Eagles, then they which, won the Super Bowl that year. So <laughs> which, I gave her yeah. credit. I, but, I emailed her. I'm like, yeah. You're the, you, you, you. Made it happen. Yeah, that's right. So, so are you? Have you been heavily involved with 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 this year for for the the motel room for the young writers? Mm-hmm. I asked if I could assistant direct, and she said, "Well, no, <laughs> but you can uh, be there." And I haven't gone to the first rehearsal mostly because I've been very busy lately with other sure. stuff. But I'm planning on going to like the next one. Good. Uh, there's also the. First rehearsal for the twins is actually on Tuesday, so I'm really oh, excited right. for that. That's right, yes, because you're you're in the twins, and again, great twist on that too. You guys uh, check that, and they're they're both on the same night, which is Saturday, right? Yes, awesome. I'm really I'm really happy that's happening because I get to see the show, my show, and I get to be in the show. Mm-hmm. So people are so the people seeing it are just like I get to see you perform and see your play. So like it's, it's a win win. Like yeah, it's like a one two on one night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's how you. Yeah. Um, and the great thing is, too, is that now, well, a great thing. It could be a great thing. Are you going to watch from the back or are you going to go around the front and watch your own short? Probably going to go around the front. Yeah, I, I, I think we'll, we'll encourage you to go around and watch. Well, and, I mean, you're not, I don't want you to open the curtain up. Right, 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 right. And no. just be watching. No, no, I mean, we'll, we want him to see his play from oh, the audience. Yeah, so, of course. Yeah, we'll so of course. we'll save like, some seats. So you, you just said something that, or you both did, and it's fascinating because Tay wasn't super forthgiving of the information on this, and oh, you don't okay. have to be either. Sure. The the seminar, no, what? Oh yeah, so retreat or something. You guys we did? we try and get playwrights to come in and give some finer points on playwriting uh, for the for the for the writers, and we also encourage, we also invite all the writers that we didn't necessarily select their play. So if they're really interested, okay. so, so Evan came to that. Off, for yeah. example, that's yeah. why I was just like, yeah. okay, wait, because she did kind of go over like they have. Uh, so like for example, you have a, a local mentor, which is Woos, right. and then you also have a national mentor. Who was your national uh, mentor for this? It was uh, Deb Har- Deborah Harbin, which is somebody uh, okay. Colleen worked with, and she's she's uh, we've done a couple of her shows for OGP. She actually her job's playwriting. She works at a college where she teaches 
theater classes and stuff. Awesome. And she works for a theater there. And so, yeah, she gave, I thought she gave some, some really great notes. So that, that's a national matter. And that's, so that's, it's a cool thing. And, uh, you know, it's different levels, local, national, as far as every, you know, depending on what people have going on. But, you know, to get like, for like tomorrow night, for like Jude's show, mm-hmm. um, we had Mark Harvey Levine, who's like the master of the 10 minute play. So for him to be sending notes is, it's pretty awesome. And it's awesome to have those, those folks involved and really into, to have them on our program is just, I, we're just lucky. It, See, I didn't know you guys yeah. had that. Yeah. So when she told me that the first, she kind of lightly mentioned it. I mean, she did go into it, but I didn't know you had other writers who didn't get selected in, I guess, was the other Oh, one for, that. yeah. So yeah. we encourage it because we, you know, th- you know, we pick, we end up picking 10 shows and then there's like, there's always those four or five. It's like, oh man. And then there's some that like, you know, it's like, oh, there's, there's something there, but it could develop. And it's just a matter of, you know, are they that interested or not? We had one a couple of years ago. We didn't get in and I regret it. And I don't think we've gotten anything from her, but it was just the super sci-fi futuristic thing. And, mm-hmm. and some of the folks felt like, well, we, we couldn't do it justice. And I wish I'd fought for it and been like, no, we can do this because it was great. And so, uh, but we've had people that didn't get in and then they've, they've stayed involved or whatever. And then the next year they, they get something yeah. in. I wanted to talk, I wanted to mention Carl. I knew he was in it, right? He was in Mad Lab. He was, he hates it when we say this and we, so we don't say it at the young writers things anymore, but he was in our first young writers program, the first year. Actually, wrote, I was in the show he wrote his first year. Nice. And then he, he also acted. So his first year, he did yeah. the same thing you're doing. So I was like, I was like looking through like the website, seeing what I could find. Cause I, cause I, um, Emily Ewan's big sister actually wrote, and she was she acted in the motel room, so she's like really oh, yeah. excited for uh, this to be at Mad Lab. And I was like looking through it, and I ran through Carl's, and I was just like, "Wait, Carl wrote?" And like I was just looking through it, and I was just like, "Wow, yeah, that's he, great." <laughs> yeah, he's a. Uh, I mean, he's a wonderful writer. He does multiple shows. He's at the lab. He's on. Yeah, he's yeah, too. and uh, he's a great mentor, and obviously he's he's staying involved in theater. Um, and you know, we've been able to keep a connection with him. And uh, Corey Reagan, who's a good friend of his, um, who interned the first year we did Real Writers. Nice. Um, and helped us with the sketch show. But actually, yeah, they're, they just started their own theater company, Endeavor Theater, which is their first show is going to be at Mad Lab next month. And they've done some other shows at Mad Lab. Uh, we love getting them back when we can, their, their legacies. But yeah, we've, we've been able to teach that, keep that attachment to Carl. It's always cool to see where all the young writers go. It, it, I, obviously, it's great to have Carl back, but hopefully someday he'll be on Broadway. But, you know, we have others that, you know, I know there's some that, you know, I'm friends with, like, on Instagram or whatever. And, you know, one of them works for, like, a literary house in New York. And wow. I was in two of her shows. So she's supposed to be writing me a play that I could be in on Broadway. But I'm sure she's working on it. <laughs> Hopefully not. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's it, yeah, it's, it's cool that things like that. I mean, I, I feel like Carl was going to be a writer regardless. But it was yeah. awesome that we got him in. And, again, he acted as well. I've that never year. seen it was great. shows. Yeah. I've never, uh, like, I'm sure they're good, (laughs) but I've never seen, like, I don't know that much about him, but, like, hearing that about him just makes me a little giddy, because, like, yeah, he's he's great. (laughs) Uh, I did a reading for one of his, actually, I've done a reading of a couple of his, and those guys are just, and actually, Corey's going to, he's at OU getting a Master of Fine Arts in directing, so those guys, they're in it, they love it. So, so I have to ask, this is, this is for both of you. Mm What, what, so like, for example, Tay did everything mostly via email. Did you guys did in person and email, text? Like I think how we just guys... did email and then we, we would talk at the readings. Yeah. Okay. I think, you know, when the program first started, they were really big on, you know, let's get together and blah, blah, blah. And it was whatever, it was 2012. And, you know, I know it's not like we've, you know, gone through the space age or anything, but I think, 
it's just easier for people now to communicate, whether it's mm-hmm. text or, oh, or totally. email or whatever. And I think, I think what we've experienced as well is our young writers are, are busy people. They're busier than we are. You know, they have to yeah. go to school all day and then they're, they're all involved in after school activities. And they're all getting ready. Oh, actually, yeah. they're all getting ready. a lot of them are getting ready for college or whatever. So they're they're very busy. It's just an easier way. And sure. And I think I don't think it's as big a deal to get together. And, you know, some folks do. It just depends on how much how much time sure. they want to get together. And and I think some of it's also and it's funny. Some of the mentors really love it if if it's a show that needs a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't think Liam's show did. So uh, and I and I'm I'm one who doesn't have a problem saying this show's ready to go. I'll be the mentor because I don't have to I don't have to do as much work. Also because I want that show to get in because I loved it and I love this show. Um, yeah. And I, and I and it was one of those things and going in and I'll pull the curtain back even more on our selection committee. The mentors get together. And I'm like. All right, I might be the only one that loves this show, but I do. It was it was number one. It was sorry, everybody. It was my number one. I I, really? I, I, <laughs> yeah. I told Liam that I read it in the Bahamas while on vacation. Yeah, I read all of them actually there. So no, this one's. So I was like, oh, I might be the only one. I, I wonder if I'm the only one. And then Tay actually was one of the others. And then a couple other mentors like, no, I, I really love this. So like, it went right up. I'm like, all right, it's in. It's this is getting in because I thought I was gonna have to fight everybody for it. And like, this is getting in if I have to kill somebody. And. uh <laughs> Fortunately, I didn't have to do that. So yeah, and and you know, Liam was already doing rewrites before I think we even talked. I think you'd already done some more work. So, so, yeah. so this is the weird thing. I don't want to ruin the twist. Sure. Uh, how that's what I'm saying. What what has majorly changed? So like nothing really. Think, like, yeah, the just, twist hasn't changed. Yeah, I think just more I, I, more dialogue at the end yeah. with like the uh, with developing that relationship. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So. Yeah, like there was more dialogue at the end, more a little bit more dialogue at first, but like nothing has changed extremely. Like it's pretty much the same show. Yeah, and I I feel like you Liam and I were linked up in that you know at, at the readings you get a lot of different information, you get yeah, different yeah. ideas, and you know you some simulate what is yeah, the focus and, of those. Yeah, and I, I thought Liam did a good job of taking okay that I can use that. Mm. It's helpful, but I appreciate it, but it's not. Really where clear. I'm going with this and some sure. stuff gets missed in a reading because actors yeah. they're holding scripts we're, and stuff we're, we're so but I, I thought he did a good job of picking what was important what wasn't and I think and I, I think it'll, I think that'll be good for you to be in at the, the rehearsals too because I think there might be I, I think we've got a good director for it but there might be some spots where you're like mm, this is this was what I because she might be even like what were you thinking? What was, what was your thinking here because I think there's what I what I love about the show is there's a lot of stuff that's unsaid Yes, very it's, much. So. It's so in between the, the so. lines, and I thought, I mean that that to me that's why it's well, that's it's so why good feel, and effective. Yes, and it feels real. Right. I think that's why it doesn't feel like it's written by a freshman slash sophomore. Yeah, exactly. I really wanted yeah. it to be like as realistic as possible. Like yeah. I wanted the lines <laughs> to be what a, a real person would say. Like everything would be like something that would actually happen. And I really wanted the dialogue to be like that, and that's why I really wanted to do rewrites to see if, like, that's what somebody would mm. actually say. And, yeah, I've acted in a lot of shows in the past. I've <laughs> no, I've never gotten the Humble main brag. Role. I've, I've <laughs> done a lot of shows in the past. Sorry. About, like, four or five. <laughs> <I've>, <laughs> no one's counting except for me. No, I'm kidding. I'm sorry. I'm just giving you crap. I, uh, I just wanted to mention that. <laughs> I've um, acted a lot in the past. I This is my first time getting a main role in anything, actually, at Mad Lab, mm-hmm. and it's not even at Bradley. And, like, I'm really excited. That's awesome. Yeah. That is awesome, man. I, um, my first role ever, I was a mother who screamed about her uterus. 
like twice actually for the first time was scripted the second wasn't nobody knew it was coming i just decided to say it on the spot and yeah (laughs) Yeah, um, it, it was. Fun. <laughs> I mean, there are other questions there. Yeah, no, but I, I want to see I, that show. Yeah, I want to see that show. Yeah, uh, um, but, actually, uh, no, it was in Mad Lab. Oh, um, what? Yeah, it was the what was it? It was about this girl and college applications. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I wish I knew what it was. Um, was it? I want to call it the void. The void. Yeah, I was in the void. Oh really? I, I was the mother. Did they do it at Hilliard? Yeah, they had no. The, the, uh, the writer was from Bradley. Oh, okay. and she submitted it. And oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I um yeah I I I, I screamed about my uterus. <laughs> and it was, I don't remember that being in the final version. Yeah, though. I can't remember. Maybe but, it was. But maybe it was the mom. Well, Emily Turner did come in as the mom. Yeah, she so no, maybe, she did, yeah. but I don't remember anyone screaming the uterus. Well, it was like so small. It was like, um, how dare you disrespect the uterus that brought you into this uh, world? Okay. And then, like, when oh, they were wow. like tearing me out of like the office, yeah. I was just like, he, she came out of my uterus, not yours. And like, I was just screaming it, and it uterus! was so much uterus. I was just, I find that to be so funny. <laughs> and like, people loved it. People thought I was like the one of the funniest characters in like the whole entire short film, uh, short play festival. And like, I just wanted to do more comedic roles. I was in Shakespeare in Hollywood. I, I, I wasn't a big character, mm. but I, I just, I, I wiggled. I tried to wiggle as much as possible. <laughs> I played Hot Dog Man and Inherit the Wind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you were telling me that, so that, that was another short. Act. It's my favorite role. <laughs> And who and you were the hot dog, the Tyler hot dog in the wind? No, no, I was just I was just a hot dog man. Like I just sold hot dogs. But like the funny Generally, thing was, yeah. okay. is that people like when they were seeing because nobody really liked in here at the wind. Like no offense to like Carl and Rachel, but like a lot of the people who were seeing it didn't want to be there because like it was for school. Like we like yeah. it was performed for school. So when I just walked in yelling about hot dogs, people just started laughing like people thought I was the most iconic like people just went up to me and said well great job Liam you did great and I was just like thanks <laughs> so that, that's why I love it so much is because like you can make even out of the darkest things you can always find some comedy out of it well it's very real that those funny things are usually the, it's some it's triggering from something real that everyone has experienced which is so even in the darkness there's that little bit of oh well yeah it's happened to me before and it's kind of funny Mm. Or, or it's just so awkward, that's why it's funny. And my character had four lines, but (laughs) it was great. Like, people, um, like, people said, like, oh yeah, Hot Dog Man, like, nobody else could play Hot Dog Man. You're, you're the, like, people just thought I was great at just doing that. And, like, it was nothing big, but I just felt happy that I was a comedic character because I love playing that. So can you, can you sing? No. I cannot sing. Okay. Okay, because I, because I, because I mean, you could really ham it up in a musical too. That's that was my train of thought. Not to say that you can in a play either, because you totally can. But I'm just saying, like, especially in musical theater, that's. But I'm practicing, but like, I don't. I'm not in choir, and uh, I I really wish I did join choir. Like, it's really in the back of my mind. Like, oh yeah, everybody's doing all this fun stuff. I wish I was in musicals. We did Adam's Family. And, like, I wasn't in it, but I just, I, I really wanted to act in it. And I, but you can't act in musicals because, like, they want you to be able to sing. Cause, yeah. Yeah, like, that's how, because, like, it's. You could maybe do The Music Man. You could maybe, if you don't feel comfortable singing, because The Music Man is more sing-song. And Robert Preston, God love him, who originated the role, like, they wrote the role for him. 
he he can sing very bass <laughs> level. So literally, if uh, matter of fact, uh, so like the song you hear in Family Guy, Shapoopy, that is from someone else that's not Robert Preston. That's from Buddy Hackett. Buddy Hackett. Yeah. yeah. Um, but literally, it's like uh, it's it's all sing song. So it's like uh, it's capital T that rhymes with P and stands for pool. Well, that, it's all just sing song. Yeah, it's like, just it's kind yeah. Of spoken. Uh, yeah. You ever watch The Simpsons? Yeah. You ever seen uh, Monorail? I don't know. It, it's a, it's an old one. It's written by Conan O'Brien of all people because he's a huge musical nerd. Um, and literally, it's uh, it's literally the one guy Phil Hartman plays. Yeah. The salesman comes to town and sells. And it's like, oh, you won't want to hear this. It's a Shelbyville idea. <laughs> Shelbyville, tell me more. Well, you got trouble, my friend. You got trouble right here in River City. He pretty much does the same exact uh, cadence, and then it ends with them buying a monorail from this huckster. And ooh, of course, yeah, it's a disaster. There's, yeah, it's a disaster. There's a lot of great. Lines I don't think people know that come from like the, like there's one line that Homer says like I'll call it the big one bitey is like he opens up the monorail because it's so out of shape and there's like a a mongoose or something hanging there <laughs> such a weird line but no yeah so uh, yeah, you should look into it. yeah always try I I love musicals I I can kind of sing but at the same time I, I kind of get it like you know but so what what so with that said what comedy role that's in a play would you that you would love to play. Um, man, there's so many. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not like I don't I'm like I don't watch that many shows because I've only started acting over a year ago, but I only really nice. started getting into it this uh, this year. So there isn't a lot of plays that I know to, know of that are really com- uh, comedic. Mm-hmm. But I know there's this play where it's called Everything Goes Wrong. Have you heard of that? I think I have. Yeah. Somebody said I would be great in that. And there and then there was like this character that somebody said I would be great as a butler in. It's I forget what it's called. We're doing it for Bradley. It's, it's the importance of being earnest. Okay. You know? I feel I feel like that's that's a drama. Well no because the point of being isn't it like based after Oh the importance of being earnest? Oh yeah, that's a comedy, yeah. It yeah. is a comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody yeah. said it would be great as the butler in that. Ooh. I don't know I, why. I think I need to rewatch that because I did not think of it as a comedy. Uh, well, I also I watched High School. We did it. That's the only way I know. Okay. Yeah. Is it by Jane Austen? Important to be nervous, or was it no. based after something? No, it's. Uh, why? Well, see, I'm thinking it was a Jane Austen drama or something like that. I feel like there's someone called Algernon in it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great. Oscar Wilde. It's an Oscar Wilde. Oh, Oscar, yeah. okay. So it was, it's a Victorian. No, no, Jane Austen's before Oscar Wilde, though, isn't yeah. she? Uh, it premiered in Sorry. February 1895. Ooh. Whoa. Well, Valentine's Day, 1895, at the St. James Theatre in London. Uh, and it, it is the satire of Victorian ways. So they Valentine's are. Day. Bummer. I've always, there was a play <laughs> I've always wanted to act in, but I know we're never going to do it. Mm-hmm. And it's called The Curious Case of the Dog in the Nighttime. I really want to play. Um, I forget his name. I love. I I watched it at state conference, and it's about a boy with autism, mm-hmm. and it's based off his life and his imagination. Mm-hmm. And like, I know we're never gonna do it because like, it, there's only one main character, and like all the other people that are behind it are just. Are they interchangeable in the roles? Like, there's like four other people, and they all play. Yeah, yeah. I think roles. Curtain Players just did it recently, and I think somebody else is gonna do it. Okay, yeah, I so, can't remember who. But. It's not a lot. Like it's not like it's very small. Like it. Like I. I don't think Bradley would ever do it. But I always. Re- I've like. I really feel like I could play that character well. And I just know we're not doing it. And it kind of makes me sad. We're doing Bright Star for Bradley. So so I have to ask because 
what I'm hearing now too is is a little bit juxtaposition of what you're what you're actually writing, and and that's fine. You can have those juxtapositions. Um, so like, and what I mean by that is like you've written a very adult, very, and even your next project about your brother in real life, the you know, the you know going taking him out of the facility and having a day. That's like that's ripe for some comedy, but it's also very ripe for a very real, very serious conversation. A very you know again subtle things not being said. That are going to that at least that's how I'm viewing it already, and I could be very wrong, and that's fine because that's not how you want to go with it. But to me, though, it sounds serious. But then you also have a love for comedy. It, do you want to write comedy? I or? don't know if I would be. I actually wrote a comedic murder mis, mi, murder mystery mm-hmm. that we're not going to talk about because it was <laughs> fair enough. Because like it was a it was a play about how it didn't make sense. Like that was the plot. It didn't make sense. Like the murder mystery. Nothing was right. Like, nothing made sense. Why is this going on? Like, there was this detective who just knew he was in a play. And, like, he was just, like, he was just, like, out of it. And he didn't know what was going on. Everything was weird. Mm-hmm. And, like, all these characters were just changing their identity. Or, like, writer, like I mentioned writer's block. But then it never really went anywhere. And, like, a okay. lot of people had a lot to criticize about it. Hmm. So I kind of just stopped writing it. Well, okay. And just, so just to ask that. What's your? Uh, I don't want to say support structure, but what's your? What's so when you get critiques from people, is it just people in, in the Bradley Drama Club or group? Oh, that it, you're it was in? my friends who critiqued right. me. Fair enough, fair enough. But I'm just saying, like, so, like, so, even when, but, but in general, when you write everything, is do you pass it off to them first? Do you pass it off to maybe one of your parents or your older brother as well? Yeah. Like, is, what's the group that you send all first drafts to? My friends, my parents aren't theater people, so mm-hmm. they would be like, "Oh, cool." Like they like the motel room. They actually didn't really know much about it other than I wrote it and it was going to be here. <laughs> and, like, they saw it at Bradley, and they're just like, oh, cool. Did you base any of that off me? <laughs> and, like, I was just like, oh. no, you're great parents. Yeah, that's, that's the that's the only the awkward part when you write something, and it's like, are you trying to say something about me? You know, sorry. Continue. No, no, that's, that's I just, I just, I never thought of that until just that. Like, ooh, yeah. Yeah. Well, because parents, you know, they need validation every once in a while. And so, yeah, but they have no idea if they're basing that after anything. Uh, okay, so so you sent it out to your friends, though, and, and that's and that's where it stops. Is there anyone else? Like, do you give it off to – I know you said you weren't close to them with, with your teacher, or do you need anything like that as well? well or, or is that – it gets further along, and then you give it to, to them? I'd, like, Carl, I actually gave it to him when it was done. We, I had an o- other director that I actually gave it to first because – Last year, I had Mary Randall as a director. Do you know Mary? Mm-hmm. No. She uh, left this year, mm-hmm. but I gave it to her, my first draft, and she really liked it. And then when uh, Carl became my director, he uh, read it, like, in the works, and then, then he told me to submit it to Mad Lab, and nice. then, like, we're here. I want to thank you so much for taking time today. Sorry I kept you a little bit a little bit longer than expected, but um, Young Writers, it is in July not June, like I said, it's during the last one. For more information, you can get tickets, see who all the cast is, who all the writers are, go to madlab.net. And uh, is there anything else you want to plug right before we end? Um, okay, see the twins. I'm in that. Um, mm-hmm. I play a comedic character. I play Ols. I scream a lot, yell a lot, and yell about ice cream. So that would be great. <laughs> and, and folks, the most important thing we just learned is who doesn't love ice cream? 
without cheese. You're a creep. Go away. We're having a good time until you start up, cheapers. Go have some coffee with cream or something. Because I'll tell you something. This is a happy place.